0: Welcome to episode 23 of the TRF Podcast. The topic is football and after a slight hiatus from giving you or bringing you episodes, I should say, um, I have finally made a return and we will certainly try and be consistent from now on. we to have a small team that is working behind me in terms of a producer and an editor. So all I need to do is get myself to the recording studio just to get these episodes out to you guys. But this is episode 23, and without further ado, let's get started. So, within this episode, uh, the return episode, we'll be looking at um, a few things really within this episode. And what we'll be taking a look at will be the story of the week, uh, which this week will be the record-breaking Mikel Antonio, uh, the Marseille and Nice situation, the Danish referee, which you may all have seen on social media, and the week two Premier League fixtures, as well as the Afghan female football team being evacuated from Afghanistan, and a couple of stories from the gossip columns. So let's get started straight away with the story of the week, and that is the record-breaking Mikael Antonio. So of course we know Mikael Antonio is a forward who plays for West Ham, scored his 48th top-flight Premier League goal for West Ham at the weekend. And what an absolute achievement for a club like West Ham that makes him the record scorer within the Premier League for West Ham. Obviously we know that he got the number nine shirt. In the summer for West Ham and uh, he's recently come out and stated that if he had known earlier or soon enough that he was a striker, he would have been up there with the best of strikers. Harry Kane, he's mentioned himself, but I don't know how that would have happened really because people like Harry Kane are top, top class footballers but of course we saw the celebration, fantastic celebration from Mikel Antonio at the weekend after scoring his 48th Premier League goal for West Ham and of course he said within his post-match interview that he wants to carry on he wants to create a gap between himself and whoever follows or the second person within that list. Uh, He had a fantastic season last season as we all know so did the whole West Ham team Really, as a whole, and he was one of the main catalysts in West Ham having a fantastic season under David Moyes. He has two years remaining on his current contract with West Ham, so he has a couple of more years to add to the goals that he has already provided for West Ham in the Premier League. So we know he joined West Ham back in 2015. He had been on loan five times while still a Reading player, really before he joined West Ham. And even then when he joined West Ham, he didn't really feature as the top or first choice striker for the club. Up until recent years, he's worked his way up and he's become a fan favourite over at the Olympic Stadium. So we know his international career still a bit up in the air as well. Uh, he had featured for England on the bench a couple of times But reports from this year suggest that he may change his allegiance to or for Jamaica I should say He is in a process of uh, apparently obtaining a Jamaican passport So we we'll certainly wish him all the best with that But that is my story of the week Mikel Antonio, record-breaking striker for West Ham The next story we're looking at in the podcast today will be the Marseille and Nice uh, match that certainly were abandoned on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, I should say, after a mass brawl involving players, supporters and staff uh, erupted on the pitch. And it didn't make uh, of good viewing, did it set a great example for the young kids or families. Really, that would have been in the stadium or people that were watching all around the world. It certainly left a bad taste in relation to French football overall. But Marseille were the away team on this occasion and they were playing away at Nice. We know Nice are the current champions. So Nice obviously... <laughs> In this particular situation, they have run the risk of actually losing the three points or getting points docked. Purely because of the behaviour of their own fans. So the situation had been going on throughout the whole match. The Marseille players were being pelted by projectiles throughout the whole match by the Nice fans. Which is not good at all. Of course fans we know that there is constant banter going on between the fans in the stands and the players on the pitch. Mostly the way players. Uh, but on this occasion it hit a point where the Marseille players had had enough and uh, the catalyst for all of this was uh, Dimitri Payet we all know him from his time at West Ham over here in the UK and he essentially ended up going into the crowd challenging one of the fans because he had another projectile thrown at him and he ended up hitting him and he'd had enough at that point the whole situation just got out of control the stewards couldn't keep a handle on the situation. There wasn't enough, nowhere near enough stewards to actually keep a lid on the whole situation. And before you knew it, Dimitri Pyatt's teammates were joining in into the action. Uh, pictures have emerged uh, on social media of uh, some of the Marseille players, namely Gunduzzi, who had marks all down his neck from the From the actual altercation on the pitch itself but i 'm sure there are more pictures to emerge at the time of this recording. But it was a bottle that was thrown at Dimitri Payet that set off the whole situation and it wasn't good at all. The Marseille boss himself ended up having to get physically restrained. And we'll link the video in the description of this podcast as well. For those that haven't seen the video, you can certainly watch the video and the link will be posted in the description of this podcast. But the scenes weren't great. The manager... Off the visiting team ended up losing it as well, and it just led to absolute chaos. The chaos went on for about 20 30 minutes, if you like, and um, eventually the match had to get abandoned. So, of course, as mentioned, that they may sev- have uh, there may be severe punishments handed to both teams, of course, and we all know that players should try and keep their cool. As I said, banter is very common between fans and the players on the pitch. But at this point, the Marseille players had had enough and uh, it just all erupted. But we hope not to see any further scenes like these in the future. We want clean hearted football. And my feel good story for the week is the Danish referee who was refereeing a um, a second tier or the Danish uh, second division football match he blew his whistle and instantly realized that he'd made a mistake. It kind of reminded me of situations where you go to say something or you say something in a crowd or in a group and you instantly regret doing it. The referee, it was quite refreshing to see as well, but the referee immediately fell to his knees and he knew he had messed up. The flow of play within that particular match was happening quite quick and before you knew it, The striker, who was obviously uh, who missed out on the advantage, had gone through on goal one on one with the goalkeeper, and the referee blew his whistle. It would have certainly been a goal, 80% chance that goal would have gone in, but the referee blew his whistle for a foul earlier within the play. And uh, again, extremely refreshing to see a referee um, display their emotions like that, because typically referees behave like robots. We follow the law of the game by the book, and you never really see motions from the referee, but on this occasion it was extremely refreshing. I will also link the video in the description of this podcast so you can have a watch for yourself. But it was quite refreshing as mentioned, and quite nice to see a referee display that kind of emotion. So it's already been two games played in the Premier League. And we'll be looking at the results and the goal scorers, really, from the week two of the Premier League. So we've got Liverpool-Burnley. Liverpool 2, Burnley 0. On this occasion, Burnley um, didn't stand a chance, as usual. Liverpool took control of the game up until, at some point in the second half... Um, Burnley were sort of trying to get themselves back into the game but it was a 2-0 victory for Liverpool on that day Aston Villa 2, Newcastle 0, 2 defeats on the trot for Newcastle, uh, Danny Ings scored a weldy. Crystal Palace 0, Brentford 0 uh, 1st point for Patrick Vieira as Crystal Palace manager Leeds 2, Everton 2, uh, Calvert-Lewin on the score sheet again for Rafa Benitez on the blue half of Merseyside, Manchester City thrashed Norwich City five 0 Grealish, the hundred-pound million man, got his first goal for the club. Even though he didn't even know what was happening uh, within that goal, he just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Brighton two, Watford nil. Manchester United 1, Southampton 1, Greenwood on the score sheet. Nino Espirito Santo returned to Wolverhampton early. Uh, 1, walked away with the three points on that occasion. 1-0 victory on that occasion as well, courtesy of a Deli penalty. Arsenal 0, Chelsea 2. Lukaku made his return to the Premier League and he was certain to score in his debut and he did so. West Ham played Leicester. Uh, On the Monday Night Football they won 4-1 And that's the game that we mentioned In relation to Mikel Antonio's record breaking So I'm sure a lot of you Listening to this podcast will be aware of the situation uh, In Afghanistan And um, a lot of Groups of people over there are in Certain danger that would include People that worked under the Coalition forces uh, Females in particular and they Will be the focus of this A particular story that we'll be featuring in this episode today. And it seems as if the Australian government have come to the rescue of the Afghan female football team. Uh, They have evacuated 50 women footballers and athletes and their dependents from Afghanistan following an appeal... By World Bodies FIFA and 5th Pro. A statement by the International Footballers Federation, 5th Pro, expressed gratitude to Australia. Following the retaking of Kabul by Taliban, many Afghan sportswomen went into hiding. The statement said work was still needed to settle the women abroad. The statement read... These young women, both as athletes and activists, have been in a position of danger and on behalf of their peers around the world, we thank the international community for coming to their aid. We urge the international community to make sure that they receive all the help that they need. There are also many athletes still at risk in Afghanistan and every effort should be made to offer them support. I saw an image uh, or video really recently of uh, the first Paralympian female athlete from Afghanistan, who could not board a flight to Tokyo um, for the Olympics, for the Paralympics uh, after the chaos ensued in Afghanistan. So this is certainly some good news that comes out within the footballing world from Afghanistan, but we know that the situation over there is not great, but we certainly do hope that it does certainly improve and congratulations or well done to Australia. They don't need congratulations, but well done to Australia for volunteering to get these female athletes out. So this is the final segment of the podcast or of the episode. Uh, Something from the gossip columns. And the first uh, gossip topic we'll be discussing will be former Chelsea boss Antonio Conte is a contender to become Arsenal manager if the club decides to sack Mikel Arteta. So we know obviously Arteta is not having the greatest of starts. Uh, Two losses on the bounce at the start of the season. Uh, Both defeats are 2-0. The first game against Brentford really really uh, should not have been a defeat but this is the Premier League that's why it is a competitive league and to some degree I personally wasn't surprised with that particular result but talks are already swirling about in the gossip columns in relation to Mikel uh, to Antonio Conte, sorry, taking over from Mikel Ateta. Uh, who I personally believe the job is a bit too big for him, the job is not suited to him, of course. Um, his ideas might not be coming through, but he seems to be struggling, and his next fixture. Is against Man City. Can Antonio Conte come in and change things at Arsenal? Most likely yes. Uh, Is he the right person for a long-term project? My answer to that would be no. Purely because we've seen what's happened with him uh, in the past. With the jobs that he's had. Even at Inter Milan. He's won the league and he's walked away. So it is one of those situations where you want change at the club. But is he going to be the right person for the future? I certainly Uh, would disagree with that particular statement and the next story from the gossip columns that we'll be looking at will be the Harry Kane saga that ensues with Man City and Tottenham so Harry Kane uh, we know that he wants out Uh, we've heard all about this gentleman's agreement that he's had with Daniel Levy which would have allowed him to leave uh, for another Champions League club this summer but doesn't look like it's happening we know how stubborn Daniel Levy can be at times but I believe He will eventually succumb under pressure from the club and the player himself, and the amount of money that will be on offer. But of course, we know if they take away Harry Kane from that team, they'll be losing a number of goals. Of course, that wasn't evident on the first game of the season, where Son scored, of course, they won. The saga continues and the story or the headline in the gossip column states Tottenham chairman Daniel Levy will not drop his valuation of England striker Harry Kane and could even refuse a British record bid close to £150 million for Manchester City for the 28-year-old. So this is something that will continuously roll on and we'll try and keep you updated on the story. And the final story from the gossip columns is in regards to the long-standing Manchester United employee Phil Jones. ...who was signed during the Alex Ferguson era... ...is now ready to consider a move on loan... ...to a championship club... ...with a 29-year-old English centre-back... ...having fallen down the pecking order at Old Trafford. So, of course, even before the arrival of Varane... Um, Phil Jones wasn't a regular for the Manchester United team he's well known during his time at Manchester United for that face that he pulled when he was crawling on the floor which is always hilarious to watch Uh, but I do believe his time at Old Trafford has come to an end there's even stories uh, at the top of the summer suggesting that he was refusing to let go of the shirt number four uh, for Varane like he was going to be playing throughout the season but these things happen in football as you age you have to consider what is best for your career and i do believe this is the point that phil jones find himself in but we wish him all the best and as mentioned he is one of the last standing players from the alex ferguson era and that era has long gone so we wish him all the best as mentioned so just a quick recap in terms of what we've discussed or what we've spoken about in this episode. It's the story of the week, uh, which is the record-breaking Miko Antonio, the deadly, horrible scenes at Marseille and Nice, the Danish referee displaying full regret, week two Premier League fixtures, the Afghan female football team being evacuated from Afghanistan, and a couple of topics from the gossip columns. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode. This is episode 23 of the TRF podcast. If you're listening to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, please make sure that you do hit that subscribe button. Thank you once again. It's your host, TC.